chapter eleven of young people's treasury volume six famous travels and adventures by hamilton wright maybe this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by betty b the buffalo on the plains by f parkman the wagons one morning had left the camp shaw and i were already on horseback but henry chatillon still sat cross-legged by the dead embers of the fire playing pensively with the lock of his rifle while his sturdy wyandot pony stood quietly behind him looking over his head at last he got up patted the neck of the pony whom from an exaggerated appreciation of merits he had christened five hundred dollar and then mounted with a melancholy air what is it henry ah uh, i feel lonesome i never been here before but i see away yonder over the buttes and down there on the prairie black all black with buffalo in the afternoon he and i left the party in search of an antelope until at the distance of a mile or two on the right the tall white wagons and the little black specks of horsemen were just visible so slowly advancing that they seemed motionless and far on the left rose the broken line of scorched desolate sand hills the vast plain waved with tall rank grass that swept our horses bellies it swayed to and fro in billows with the light breeze and far and near antelope and wolves were moving through it the hairy backs of the latter alternately appearing and disappearing as they bounded awkwardly along while the antelope with the simple curiosity peculiar to them would often approach us closely their little horns and white throats just visible above the grass tops as they gazed eagerly at us with their round black eyes i dismounted and amused myself with firing at the wolves henry attentively scrutinized the surrounding landscape at length he gave a shout and called on me to mount again pointing in the direction of the sand hills a mile and a half from us two minute black specks slowly traversed the face of one of the bare glaring declivities and disappeared behind the summit let us go cried henry belaboring the sides of five hundred dollar and i following in his wake we galloped rapidly through the rank grass toward the base of the hills from one of their openings descended a deep ravine widening as it issued on the prairie we entered it and galloping up in a moment were surrounded by the bleak sand hills half of their steep sides were bare the rest were scantily clothed with clumps of grass and various uncouth plants conspicuous among which appeared the reptile-like prickly pear they were gashed with numberless ravines and as the sky had suddenly darkened and a cold gusty wind arisen the strange shrubs and the dreary hills looked doubly wild and desolate but henry's face was all eagerness he tore off a little hair from the piece of buffalo robe under his saddle and threw it up to show the course of the wind it blew directly before us the game were therefore to windward and it was necessary to make our best speed to get round them we scrambled from the ravine and galloping away through the hollows soon found another winding like a snake among the hills and so deep that it completely concealed us we rode up the bottom of it glancing through the shrubbery at its edge till henry abruptly jerked his rein and slid out of his saddle full a quarter of a mile distant on the outline of the farthest hill a long procession of buffalo were walking in indian file with the utmost gravity and deliberation 
then more appeared clambering from a hollow not far off and ascending one behind the other the grassy slope of another hill then a shaggy head and a pair of short broken horns appeared issuing out of a ravine close at hand and with a slow stately step one by one the enormous brutes came into view taking their way across the valley wholly unconscious of an enemy in a moment henry was worming his way lying flat on the ground through grass and prickly pears toward his unsuspecting victims he had with him both my rifle and his own he was soon out of sight and still the buffalo kept issuing into the valley for a long time he was silent i sat holding his horse and wondering what he was about when suddenly in rapid succession came the sharp reports of the two rifles and the whole line of buffalo quickening their pace into a clumsy trot gradually disappeared over the ridge of the hill henry rose to his feet and stood looking after them you have missed them said i yes said henry let us go he descended into the ravine loaded the rifles and mounted his horse we rode up the hill after the buffalo the herd was out of sight when we reached the top but lying on the grass not far off was one quite lifeless and another violently struggling in the death agony you see i miss him remarked henry he had fired from a distance of more than a hundred and fifty yards and both balls had passed through the lungs the true mark in shooting buffalo the darkness increased and a driving storm came on tying our horses to the horns of the victims henry began the bloody work of dissection slashing away with the science of a connoisseur while i vainly endeavoured to imitate him old hendrick recoiled with horror and indignation when i endeavoured to tie the meat to the strings of rawhide always carried for this purpose dangling at the back of the saddle after some difficulty we overcame his scruples and heavily burdened with the more eligible portions of the buffalo we set out on our return scarcely had we emerged from the labyrinth of gorges and ravines and issued upon the open prairie when the pricking sleet came driving gust upon gust directly in our faces it was strangely dark though wanting still an hour of sunset the freezing storm soon penetrated to the skin but the uneasy trot of our heavy gaited horses kept us warm enough as we forced them unwillingly in the teeth of the sleet and rain by the powerful suasion of our indian whips the prairie in this place was hard and level a flourishing colony of prairie dogs had burrowed into it in every direction and the little mounds of fresh earth around their holes were about as numerous as the hills in a cornfield but not a yelp was to be heard not the nose of a single citizen was visible all had retired to the depths of their burrows and we envied them their dry and comfortable habitations an hour's hard riding showed us our tent dimly looming through the storm one side puffed out by the force of the wind and the other collapsed in proportion while the disconsolate horses stood shivering close around and the wind kept up a dismal whistling in the boughs of three old half-dead trees above shaw like a patriarch sat on his saddle in the entrance with a pipe in his mouth and his arms folded contemplating with cool satisfaction the piles of meat that we flung on the ground before him a dark and dreary night succeeded but the sun rose with a heat so sultry and languid that the captain excused himself on that account from waylaying an old buffalo bull who with stupid gravity was walking over the prairie to drink at the river 
so much for the climate of the platte but it was not the weather alone that had produced this sudden abatement of the sportsmanlike zeal which the captain had always professed he had been out on the afternoon before together with several members of his party but their hunting was attended with no other result than the loss of one of their best horses severely injured by sorrel in vainly chasing a wounded bull the captain whose ideas of hard riding were all derived from transatlantic sources expressed the utmost amazement at the feats of sorrel who went leaping ravines and dashing at full speed up and down the sides of precipitous hills lashing his horse with the recklessness of a rocky mountain rider unfortunately for the poor animal he was the property of r against whom sorrel entertained an unbounded aversion the captain himself it seemed had also attempted to run a buffalo but though a good and practised horseman he had soon given over the attempt being astonished and utterly disgusted at the nature of the ground he was required to ride over nothing unusual occurred on that day but on the following morning henry chatillon looking over the ocean-like expanse saw near the foot of the distant hills something that looked like a band of buffalo he was not sure he said but at all events if they were buffalo there was a fine chance for a race shaw and i at once determined to try the speed of our horses come captain we'll see which can ride hardest a yankee or an irishman but the captain maintained a grave and austere countenance he mounted his led horse however though very slowly and we set out at a trot the game appeared about three miles distant as we proceeded the captain made various remarks of doubt and indecision and at length declared he would have nothing to do with such a breakneck business protesting that he had ridden plenty of steeplechases in his day but he never knew what riding was till he found himself behind a band of buffalo day before yesterday i am convinced said the captain that running is out of the question take my advice now and don't attempt it it's dangerous and of no use at all then why did you come with us what do you mean to do i shall approach replied the captain you don't mean to approach with your pistols do you we have all of us left our rifles in the wagons the captain seemed staggered at the suggestion in his characteristic indecision at setting out pistols rifles running and approaching were mingled in an inextricable medley in his brain he trotted on in silence between us for a while but at length he dropped behind and slowly walked his horse back to rejoin the party shaw and i kept on when lo as we advanced the band of buffalo were transformed into certain clumps of tall bushes dotting the prairie for a considerable distance at this ludicrous termination of our chase we followed the example of our late ally and turned back toward the party we encamped that night upon the bank of the river among the emigrants there was an overgrown boy some eighteen years old with a head as round and about as large as a pumpkin and fever and ague fits had dyed his face of a corresponding color he wore an old white hat tied under his chin with a handkerchief his body was short and stout but his legs of disproportioned and appalling length i observed him at sunset breasting the hill with gigantic strides and standing against the sky on the summit like a colossal pair of tongs in a moment after we heard him screaming frantically behind the ridge and nothing doubting that he was in the clutches of indians or grizzly bears some of the party caught up their rifles and ran to the rescue 
his outcries however proved but an ebullition of joyous excitement he had chased two little wolf pups to their burrow and he was on his knees grubbing away like a dog at the mouth of the hole to get at them before morning he caused more serious disquiet in the camp it was his turn to hold the middle guard but no sooner was he called upon than he coolly arranged a pair of saddle-bags under a wagon laid his head upon them closed his eyes opened his mouth and fell asleep the guard on our side of the camp thinking it no part of his duty to look after the cattle of the emigrants contented himself with watching our own horses and mules the wolves he said were unusually noisy but still no mischief was anticipated until the sun rose and not a hoof or horn was in sight the cattle were gone while tom was quietly slumbering the wolves had driven them away then we reaped the fruits of R's precious plan of travelling in company with emigrants to leave them in their distress was not to be thought of and we felt bound to wait until the cattle could be searched for and if possible recovered but the reader may be curious to know what punishment awaited the faithless tom by the wholesome law of the prairie he who falls asleep on guard is condemned to walk all day leading his horse by the bridle and we found much fault with our companions for not enforcing such a sentence on the offender nevertheless had he been of our own party i have no doubt he would in like manner have escaped scot-free but the emigrants went farther than mere forbearance they decreed that since tom couldn't stand guard without falling asleep he shouldn't stand guard at all and henceforward his slumbers were unbroken establishing such a premium on drowsiness could have no very beneficial effect upon the vigilance of our sentinels for it is far from agreeable after riding from sunrise to sunset to feel your slumbers interrupted by the butt of a rifle nudging your side and a sleepy voice growling in your ear that you must get up to shiver and freeze for three weary hours at midnight buffalo buffalo it was but a grim old bull roaming the prairie by himself in misanthropic seclusion but there might be more behind the hills dreading the monotony and languor of the camp shaw and i saddled our horses buckled our holsters in their places and set out with henry chatillon in search of the game henry not intending to take part in the chase but merely conducting us carried his rifle with him while we left ours behind as encumbrances we rode for some five or six miles and saw no living thing but wolves snakes and prairie dogs this won't do at all said shaw what won't do there's no wood about here to make a litter for the wounded man i have an idea that one of us will need something of the sort before the day is over there was some foundation for such an apprehension for the ground was none of the best for a race and grew worse continually as we proceeded indeed it soon became desperately bad consisting of abrupt hills and deep hollows cut by frequent ravines not easy to pass at length a mile in advance we saw a band of bulls some were scattered grazing over a green declivity while the rest were crowded more densely together in the wide hollow below making a circuit to keep out of sight we rode toward them until we ascended a hill within a furlong of them beyond which nothing intervened that could possibly screen us from their view we dismounted behind the ridge just out of sight drew our saddle girths examined our pistols and mounting again rode over the hill and descended at a canter toward them bending close to our horses necks instantly they took the alarm 
those on the hill descended those below gathered into a mass and the whole got in motion shouldering each other along at a clumsy gallop we followed spurring our horses to full speed and as the herd rushed crowding and trampling in terror through an opening in the hills we were close at their heels half suffocated by the clouds of dust but as we drew near their alarm and speed increased our horses showed signs of the utmost fear bounding violently aside as we approached and refusing to enter among the herd the buffalo now broke into several small bodies scampering over the hills in different directions and i lost sight of shaw neither of us knew where the other had gone old pontiac ran like a frantic elephant uphill and downhill his ponderous hoofs striking the prairie like sledge-hammers he showed a curious mixture of eagerness and terror straining to overtake the panic-stricken herd but constantly recoiling in dismay as we drew near the fugitives indeed offered no very attractive spectacle with their enormous weight and size their shaggy manes and the tattered remnants of their last winter's hair covering their backs in irregular shreds and patches and flying off in the wind as they are at length i urged my horse close behind a bull and after trying in vain by blows and spurring to bring him alongside i shot a bullet into the buffalo from this disadvantageous position at the report pontiac swerved so much that i was again thrown a little behind the game the bullet entering too much in the rear failed to disable the bull for a buffalo requires to be shot at particular points or he will certainly escape the herd ran up a hill and i followed in pursuit as pontiac rushed headlong down on the other side i saw shaw and henry descending the hollow on the right at a leisurely gallop and in front the buffalo were just disappearing behind the crest of the next hill their short tails erect and their hoofs twinkling through a cloud of dust at that moment i heard shaw and henry shouting to me but the muscles of a stronger arm than mine could not have checked at once the furious course of pontiac whose mouth was as insensible as leather added to this i rode him that morning with a common snaffle having the day before for the benefit of my other horse unbuckled from my bridle the curb which i ordinarily used a stronger and hardier brute never trod the prairie but the novel sight of the buffalo filled him with terror and when at full speed he was almost uncontrollable gaining the top of the ridge i saw nothing of the buffalo they had all vanished amid the intricacies of the hills and hollows reloading my pistols in the best way i could i galloped on until i saw them again scuttling along at the base of the hill their panic somewhat abated down went old pontiac among them scattering them to the right and left and then we had another long chase about a dozen bulls were before us scouring over the hills rushing down the declivities with tremendous weight and impetuosity and then laboring with a weary gallop upward still pontiac in spite of spurring and beating would not close with them one bull at length fell a little behind the rest and by dint of much effort i urged my horse within six or eight yards of his side his back was darkened with sweat he was panting heavily while his tongue lolled out a foot from his jaws gradually i came up abreast of him urging pontiac with leg and rein nearer to his side 
when suddenly he did what buffalo in such circumstances will always do he slackened his gallop and turning toward us with an aspect of mingled rage and distress lowered his huge shaggy head for a charge pontiac with a snort leaped aside in terror nearly throwing me to the ground as i was wholly unprepared for such an evolution i raised my pistol in a passion to strike him on the head but thinking better of it fired the bullet after the bull who had resumed his flight then drew rein and determined to rejoin my companions it was high time the breath blew hard from pontiac's nostrils and the sweat rolled in big drops down his sides i myself felt as if drenched in warm water pledging myself and i redeemed the pledge to take my revenge at a future opportunity i looked round for some indication to show me where i was and what course i ought to pursue i might as well have looked for landmarks in the midst of the ocean how many miles i had run or in what direction i had no idea and around me the prairie was rolling in steep swells and pitches without a single distinctive feature to guide me i had a little compass hung at my neck and ignorant that the platte at this point diverged considerably from its easterly course i thought that by keeping to the northward i should certainly reach it so i turned and rode about two hours in that direction the prairie changed as i advanced softening away into easier undulations but nothing like the platte appeared nor any sign of a human being the same wild endless expanse lay around me still and to all appearance i was as far from my object as ever i began now to consider myself in danger of being lost and therefore reining in my horse summoned the scanty share of woodcraft that i possessed if that term be applicable upon the prairie to extricate me looking round it occurred to me that the buffalo might prove my best guides i soon found one of the paths made by them in their passage to the river it ran nearly at right angles to my course but turning my horse's head in the direction it indicated his freer gait and erected ears assured me that i was right but in the meantime my ride had been by no means a solitary one the whole face of the country was dotted far and wide with countless hundreds of buffalo they trooped along in files and columns bulls cows and calves on the green faces of the declivities in front they scrambled away over the hills to the right and left and far off the pale blue swells in the extreme distance were dotted with innumerable specks sometimes i surprised shaggy old bulls grazing alone or sleeping behind the ridges i ascended they would leap up at my approach stare stupidly at me through their tangled manes and then gallop heavily away the antelope were very numerous and as they are always bold when in the neighborhood of buffalo they would approach quite near to look at me gazing intently with their great round eyes then suddenly leap aside and stretch lightly away over the prairie as swiftly as a racehorse squalid ruffian-like wolves sneaked through the hollows and sandy ravines several times i passed through villages of prairie dogs who sat each at the mouth of his burrow holding his paws before him in a supplicating attitude and yelping away most vehemently energetically whisking his little tail with every squeaking cry he uttered prairie dogs are not fastidious in their choice of companions various long checkered snakes were sunning themselves in the midst of the village and demure little gray owls 
with a large white ring around each eye were perched side by side with the rightful inhabitants the prairie teemed with life again and again i looked toward the crowded hillsides and was sure i saw horsemen and riding near with a mixture of hope and dread for indians were abroad i found them transformed into a group of buffalo there was nothing in human shape amid all this vast congregation of brute forms when i turned down the buffalo path the prairie seemed changed only a wolf or two glided past at intervals like conscious felons never looking to the right or left being now free from anxiety i was at leisure to observe minutely the objects around me and here for the first time i noticed insects wholly different from any of the varieties found farther to the eastward gaudy butterflies fluttered about my horse's head strangely formed beetles glittering with metallic lustre were crawling upon plants that i had never seen before multitudes of lizards too were darting like lightning over the sand i had run to a great distance from the river it cost me a long ride on the buffalo path before i saw from the ridge of a sand-hill the pale surface of the platte glistening in the midst of its desert valleys and the faint outline of the hills beyond waving along the sky from where i stood not a tree nor a bush nor a living thing was visible throughout the whole extent of the sun-scorched landscape in half an hour i came upon the trail not far from the river and seeing that the party had not yet passed i turned eastward to meet them old pontiac's long swinging trot again assuring me that i was right in doing so having been slightly ill on leaving camp in the morning six or seven hours of rough riding had fatigued me extremely i soon stopped therefore flung my saddle on the ground and with my head resting on it and my horse's trail rope tied loosely to my arm lay waiting the arrival of the party speculating meanwhile on the extent of the injuries pontiac had received at length the white wagon coverings rose from the verge of the plain by a singular coincidence almost at the same moment two horsemen appeared coming down from the hills they were shaw and henry who had searched for me a while in the morning but well knowing the futility of the attempt in such a broken country had placed themselves on the top of the highest hill they could find and picketing their horses near them as a signal to me had laid down and fallen asleep the stray cattle had been recovered as the emigrants told us about noon before sunset we pushed forward eight miles farther june seventh eighteen forty six four men are missing r sorrel and two emigrants they set out this morning after buffalo and have not yet made their appearance whether killed or lost we cannot tell i find the above in my notebook and well remember the council held on the occasion our fire was the scene of it for the palpable superiority of henry chatillon's experience and skill made him the resort of the whole camp upon every question of difficulty he was moulding bullets at the fire when the captain drew near with the perturbed and careworn expression of countenance faithfully reflected on the heavy features of jack who followed close behind then emigrants came straggling from their wagons toward the common centre various suggestions were made to account for the absence of the four men and one or two of the emigrants declared that when out after the cattle they had seen indians dogging them and crawling like wolves along the ridges of the hills 
at this the captain slowly shook his head with double gravity and solemnly remarked it's a serious thing to be travelling through this cursed wilderness an opinion in which jack immediately expressed a thorough coincidence henry would not commit himself by declaring any positive opinion maybe he only followed the buffalo too far maybe indian kill him maybe he got lost i cannot tell with this the auditors were obliged to rest content the emigrants not in the least alarmed though curious to know what had become of their comrades walked back to their wagons and the captain betook himself pensively to his tent shaw and i followed his example End of chapter 11